The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet is up According to me royalty didn't end with king touch Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening the cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest things to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spence the King And I am back, this is my second annual Divisional Code And I got the same guest back this week, so I'm excited about it. I got my man Thomas Christopher coming back. He's representing that Gang Green Nation. Got my man Pat Lane back. He's representing that Pat's pulpit. You know, we don't like those guys. You know, we don't like the Jets either, but we really don't like those guys over at Pat's pulpit. And then the legend, the myth himself, Mr. Matter of fact, Kevin, I'm going to bring Kevin in in a second. I'm going to let Kevin introduce himself for the Finsider. We got an all-star cast from SB Nation, and I'm, I'm amped. Every year I'm amped to do this, and I'm saying it like that because this is the second year. So I'm, I'm, I'm in good company this year. So let me get right into it. I got a couple of announcements. We all know next week I'm going to be in Buffalo for the weekend um, prior to the Bills home opener. So that Tennessee weekend, guys, if you're going to be in Buffalo or if you are in Buffalo, make sure you come by, kick it with us. We're going to be having our karaoke party. This is going to be so much fun. We got everybody singing. Joe is going to be there. John Fina, he's talking about it. We don't know, but he's going to be there, too. He's going to sing some songs. You're going to have me sing. I might rap. I'm going to rap Eminem. That's what I'm going to do. I'm rapping some Eminem. It's going to be fun. 
the real Slim Shady. I might dye my hair gold or something. We'll see what happens. But every single dime that we make on this event is being donated to the Good Samaritan Church in honor of my Aunt Pearl. Uh, she was a victim in the shooting at Tops on Jefferson back in May. So anybody, if you would like to be a blessing to that church, and if you can't make it to the event, you can also donate by clicking the link. We have a raffle going. So again, get to me on Twitter, find the raffle. We're going to have good things going on. Lastly, last announcement, I promise. We are the next night. We're re-releasing the Buffalo Rumblings beer. And y'all know how much fun that was last year. We're going to do it again. We're going to have a Megapod hosted by Joe Miller. And we're going to be at Resurgence. It is going to be a great time. Fans of Buffalo and Buffalo and Weck is going to be there with us. Make sure y'all come out and hang with us. We got one more message from Buffalo Freddy. And I am ready for the divisional code. Okay, here's the deal. I know as Bills fans, we wait all year for the fall and the winter so we can go to the Bills games. I get it. Trust me, I do. But let me tell you why this time of the year is elite. It's party time. And we're going to party for so many reasons, whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, family reunion, or just because it's Saturday and the weather's perfect. Here's the thing. My guy, Buffalo Freddy, has everything you need to make your party the best party of the year. We have everything from chairs and tables to premium tents, water slides, wet and dry bounce houses, and so much more. And that's not all. The best barbecue catering in Western New York has you covered, whether it's a small party or a corporate gathering. Buffalo Freddy Barbecue Catering makes everything easy for you. Rentals and bookings available now at www.buffalofreddy.com, or you can call 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716-437-3339. Remember, for all your party rental needs, just call 4-FREDDY. Ladies and gentlemen, the divisional code. It is going down. What is going on, everybody? My man Pat Lane in the building. What's up, man? How we doing? Excited for this, as always. Uh, you know, always excited to talk to the uh, to the AFC East. You know, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit of a different feeling the last few years from Patriots fans, but uh, still excited for it. Yeah, this ain't Tom Brady country no more, man. It feel different <laughs> for you, huh? <laughs> What's going on, Thomas? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Well, I mean, while things are getting a little different with Pats fans, it's kind of the same old story with the Jets. So I'm hoping that this year is a little bit different, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into it. There's some things about the Jets that I like, Uh, you know, so I want to talk about it. I want to talk about um, your perspective of just overall the roster and what you see going forward this year. And and we'll get it. And then we got, you know, we got my man. We got my man, Kevin. What is going on? The the, the legend from the Finside. What's up? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. I love doing this. I, I'm glad we could all be back again for another year and see where we were from last year versus this year. Yeah. So so let's um. Well, let's jump right into it. Let's um. You know what? Let's start the way Pat said it. it was so wonderful to my soul. So let's start with Pat and the Patriots, and let's talk about how you know things are looking a little different for those New England Patriots fans up there in in Foxborough. So um, first, Pat, let's just talk about it, man. What what do you you know what everything coming out? It seems like everything coming out of the New England area with the media seems to be confusion right now. So um, with the week, now we're week one, right? So yep. this Sunday, you guys are starting the season off. What can we expect to see out of this offense? Cause I'm hearing that like, they don't even know. There's no, there's no confusion. It's all negative. It's all negative all the time. That's, <laughs> that's the way it is in, in Massachusetts. Just the way it is. It's the way Boston sports are covered. Uh, all four sports. It's the way, listen, Tom Brady, they had the greatest dynasty, arguably in the history, certainly in the history of the NFL, arguably in the history of sports, 
and they bitched about it all the time anyways. And it's just like, so it, it's, so, you know, you just don't, it's just the way it is. Um, here's the thing, right? There's a million reasons why the offense is going to look a little bit different and why we're going to, and we can get into that. But the fact is this, right? Have you known Bill Belichick to say, Hey, this is our offense is what we're running every week. No, you have no idea what they're going to run from time to time. We've been talking about fantasy before this started. Fantasy football players hate Bill Belichick because they, the game plan looks different from game to game, and it looks like a different team from game to game. So to to think that he's just going to scrap the offense they were running before and run a completely different offense and do exactly the same thing all the time is, is lunacy. And so, you know, of course, there's going to be negative negativity from the media. That's, of course, going to happen. It just is what it is because, because it's Boston, because it's Boston media, and the nation hates us because of because of, of those right there. That right there pisses everyone off. They they're sick of watching the Patriots be good, and then they th- they thought they got rid of the Patriots and they won ten games last year and were in the playoffs. So it's like, would you just go away? So like maybe now they suck, and so we can all be quiet and we can all oh it'll go away. That's not happening. It's not happening. They're not gonna they're gonna be in the same spot they were last year. They're gonna be nine and eight, ten and seven, and they're gonna be around. Now they're probably gonna if they make the playoffs, they're probably gonna lose in the first round of the playoffs because they're not as good as the as the top four or five in the AFC but they're still going to be hanging around just like they always have been. Let me ask you guys this because so Kevin and I were talking actually prior to the show starting and um, it, so Miami obviously feels like they've taken a step forward and they, they are looking at a wild card spot or, you know, they want to compete for, for the division. You know, the, the Patriots always feel like they're going to compete for the division or, or wild card spot as well. So those are two teams right now that weren't in, well, the Patriots were in the playoffs, but these are two teams that we're talking about the playoffs. The Bills obviously think that we're division. We feel like we're in, the, in control of the division. I have a hot take that I didn't think was a hot take, but I've been getting beat up for it. I don't think that the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. And the reason for that is, A, okay, I just gave two teams that could potentially be the wild card teams. I think Baltimore is not as beat up as they were last year, and I don't think they're going to be as beat up. They had 24 or 25 guys on injured reserve. Just don't see that happening. Um, I, I think the AFC West has gotten better everywhere across the board. Like the entire, the entire division has gotten better with the exception of the chiefs. They lost one of their biggest players and you know, whatever. But then you talk about um, in their own division, Deshaun Watson suspended. So yeah, the Browns took a step back, but look at, look at uh, uh, Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't think that do I, th- I like Mr. Trubisky. I don't think that he's um, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Is he better than Ben Roethlisberger the last couple of years? I think so. I think the last couple of years, the, the level of play we got at Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think was like what we know for Ben that's going in the Hall of Fame. That wasn't the Ben that we saw. So for that, I'm saying I don't think we're going to see the Bengals. What are your thoughts? Let's, let's, um, since we were talking to Pat real quick, let's finish your, your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on that when we're talking about playoffs? And I don't want to jump to a head, and I, I want to stay in the division, but that was that bugs me every week now that I talk to somebody about these Bengals thinking that now they're just a shoe-in for the AFC. It is really interesting with the Bengals because the one thing that I'll say is that, you know, I just think that the locker room and chemistry is so important, right? And Look what happened in the offseason. Now, they didn't really lose anyone, right? But Jesse Bates, who is the leader of their team, who everyone loves, you know, is on the franchise tag and wanted to get paid. And everyone, and I mean everyone in that organization, said that they should pay him. And what did they do? They didn't pay him. And so finally, he finally showed up. But that's an example of 
you know, you finally get to that spot and now, you know, you have these guys and they're like, well, screw you. Like, you know, and so that's, that's an issue to me where it looks like, okay, there's something that maybe goes wrong. Of course, we all know getting to the Super Bowl is really hard. If you lose the Super Bowl, it's really hard to get back there. Right. And so, you know, there was a streak for a while where it was like, you know, a bunch of teams that had lost Super Bowl didn't make the playoffs the next year. Right. And so, because that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit, but I can certainly see it. It's definitely a little bit of a hot take for me. I still have them winning that division, though I feel like, you know, the Ravens could take a step forward and win the division, perhaps. Um, but, you know, is it outside the realm of possibility? I don't think so. Um, but it would, it would definitely surprise me. But I guess I wouldn't be like I- incredibly shocked uh, to see them as the playoffs. Mr. Nago, what do you think about that? Do you think I'm crazy? Because, like I said, I, I have a realistic reason for thinking that. I was first going to point out that, um, Pat, you're the only one that really knows that it's hard to get to back-to-back Super Bowls and get back after losing one. The three of us are uh, just hoping to get that one day. But no, I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I think that the uh, the Bengals have definitely set themselves up as that team that everybody loves to jump on. It's where the bills were last year. And, and not to say that the bills aren't that hot team this year that everybody likes to pick too, but where the bills were last year, that's where the Bengals are now that up and coming team that they're, they're primed to be there every single year. And they probably are going to take a step back. It's kind of like um, before the show, we talked about it. And then we talked about it uh, last year too, where my expectation was that Josh Allen was going to take a step back, not, fall completely off, but take a step back just because that third year was such an outlier. I don't think that the Bengals as a team, they're still a young team. What we saw last year, I don't think is what they are. I think they will come back a little bit. And then I think you're right. I think that the Ravens are a much better team than they were last year because of all those injuries. I think that you you have a Pittsburgh team that Tomlin's never going to let the Pittsburgh Steelers be a team that is not competing. And then Brian Flores being there, that defense is going to have a different look. They're going to have a different mentality. I, I I have the Brian Flores experience down here. He's going to get that defense ready. He he, and we'll talk this. I'm sure in a minute um, when we get to looking at the Dolphins in this off season. But uh, everything changed. There were communications issues. There were um, personality conflicts all up and down the uh, Dolphins, especially with Brian Flores there. But at the end of the day, Brian Flores is a coach that can coach. So now he's not that head guy. He's going to get that Pittsburgh defense doing some things. So, yeah, I think that you probably are right. And I do think that – sorry, Thomas. Um, I think three playoff teams are probably in the AFC East right now. Uh, I'll, I'll leave Thomas just there. <laughs> you know what, Thomas? I'll just, I'll just go ahead and throw it right to you, man. Go for it, bro. That's on you. <laughs> I mean, I can't say he's wrong. Let's be let's be frank about that. Um, but I do kind of agree with your point there about the Bengals. It all depends, you know, for teams that haven't really been there, it's all about how they react the following year. And, you know, leading up with that Bates drama, it really depends how the team reacts as a whole. As you said, the Ravens, they're not going to be as injury prone as they were last year. They might have some problems with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. That's what I'm kind of interested in to see if Lamar is able to handle that workload for another season um, and stay healthy while doing it. But, you know, the Steelers with Flores as their defensive coordinator, like on that team now. It's good. That team's going to take a step up, I think. And we saw how bad Big Ben was. His what his yards per uh, his yards per attempt were 
abysmal. We're not going to see that with Trubisky and or Pickett, depending on how that situation goes as well. And the AFC West is just, I think that's probably the best division in the NFL right now. Um, all four teams are extremely good and going to be competitive. I, I kind of see the Bengals maybe on like that borderline wild card spot, but I don't see them winning their division again this year. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. So, I, well, it, you know, so it sounds like Pat is the only one that kind of thinks I'm crazy. And that's OK, because Pat, Pat tells me he tells me pretty much almost every week during the season. that I'm crazy. So I can deal with that. <laughs> I can deal with that. So uh, but back to the Patriots. So, you know, you're right. It, it, it isn't it isn't just bad. It's, it's, it is bad completely how it's coming out and what people are saying. It's not just confusion. You're right. Um, what, so what are your expectations that we're actually going to see, though, aside from what is being reported in the way it's like? So come come week one, when the game starts, like what are what is Mac Jones going to look like as a quarterback this year? Like, is, I, is he going to be able to take a step forward? I do. I think I think he looked very good in camp when he was comfortable. And I think this the iteration of the new this new iteration of the offense is different. It's just learning something new, right? So if you're learning the Kyle Shanahan offense, which is the offense that they were primarily trying to run, it's it's a different it's a different type of offense than what they ran last year, right? So it's going to look different and everything's going to feel different. And at the beginning of camp, he he said flat out like we'd call a play even if we knew the defense was going to stop it, we'd come out to the line and look at it and say we know this play is not going to work, but they'd run it anyways because they needed to get it on film. So that you can coach up the guys. Hey, listen, when this happens, you got to make this block or you got to take that guy or this guy's got to go here. And and so they're they're just coaching guys up because they hadn't run it before. And so none of it was really about none of it was about what happened. It was about the execution of the players on the field. Right. And so things looked a little bit disjointed because that's kind of where they were. But I do expect them to come out with, you know, they're not going to be running a wide zone play. Every play, they're just not going to be doing that. I think that you're going to see some of that, you know, traditional power, some of those zone, you'll see some zone runs, but I think, you know, you'll see some of that gap power runs that you're used to with the Patriots. And then you'll see some zone as well to try to get it involved, but you'll see a decent amount of play action. I expect them to do what I expect them to play well. And I think Kendrick Bourne's a guy that had a really, really tough summer, had a bad training camp, was kicked out of practice of fighting one, you know, one practice then was kicked out of a drill by a, by a ref because he wasn't didn't have the right uh, equipment on and then was held out of the game that week. So but I still think the relationship that him and Mac have I think he's going to be fine. And so like I do I think too and Devontae Parker uh, you know obviously Kevin knows about Devontae Parker like I think Devontae Parker is a good player and he's shown that right he's shown that ability certainly in the red zone if he can stay healthy. I think they're going to be just fine. I really do. I think their offense is going to look a little bit different but it's going to be a lot of the same stuff that we saw out of them last year with Mac. And I think people are going to be surprised by it. And I really think, I think they're going to win week one. And I think people are going to come away and they're going to look better than people thought. And they're going to, I know, I know you disagree, but, <laughs> but, but, but I think people are going to come away and be like, wait a second. I thought, I thought the papers were dead. Like what how, they look like. Okay. Right. How did, how did that happen? Right. And so it, there's going to be a lot of, you know, hand wringing and, and shock uh, on Monday. Like, wait a second. They look like they actually can play. And the Dolphins, to their credit, I think the Dolphins are a good team. And so, like, I think that it's not like the Patriots are going to blow them out. I do think it's going to be a close game. I think the Patriots will pull it out kind of in the end. Almost similar to what happened last year in New England first week of the season when that was a back-and-forth game. Patriots get the ball at the end of the game, and Damian Harris fumbles, and and so the, and the Dolphins hold on and win. 
I think you could see a similar type of game there. And I think people, people are going to walk away from that game saying like, wait, wait a second. I, I thought the Patriots were supposed to suck here. Like, and they look okay. And so like, that's, that to me is exactly where I expect them to be after, after like two or three weeks, they got Pittsburgh week two, they're going to win that one. So, um, you know, I, I expect, I expect them to start out two and out to be honest with you. And that's going to be interesting. Baltimore coming at home is going to be tough, but, but I think that, you know, after those first two weeks, people are going to be like, okay, I think the Patriots are not as bad as we thought. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's a fair outlook on it. What, what are your, um, before we move on, we'll move on to the, the jets after this really quickly, but so just overall going into this now, so what would you say our focus is? So what do you think is the strength and weakness of your team overall? Yeah. So the strength is, is in my opinion, the defense. I mean, I know they lost JC Jackson, of course, but that's uh, the safeties are outrageous. I mean, the, they have five safeties who can play. Um, you know, and from top to bottom, they don't have the best safety in, in the division or even in the, you know, certainly in the division, but I think just from top to bottom, they have five guys, um, that can play and play well, I think. And then they added, they added speed and athleticism everywhere along the roster. And so I really do think that that's going to be something that's going to pop off the, the screen to people where it's like, they were slow the last two years, like really slow. Um, and that's something that they really, really focused on. They brought in guys that were fast. They drafted all fast guys, um, and I think you're going to see them flying around out there, and it, they're going to look very different than they did last year. Okay. Well, we'll see, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Thomas, let's, let's jump into these Jets for a minute, man. I, um, I, I've paid close attention to the Jets, so I like I like, I like everything that I saw in the offseason. You know, honestly, I think that you guys did a very good job with the draft, I think you did a very good job with free agency. You know, overall, I think as a team, and, and tell me how 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 what is the feeling in New Jersey? Like, how do you guys feel about um, your off season? You know, I would be encouraged. Yeah, I mean, all of the fans here they're they're really big on what Joe Douglas has been bringing in, and Robert Sala as well. Like, the culture is one of the biggest things that they've been trying to put into this franchise because for years the culture just kind of has been non-existent. Um, but everybody really likes what Joe Douglas has done. I have as well. He kind of has grown since his first draft. As If you guys recall his first draft, a lot of misses on there. Quinnen Williams is probably the only guy that's still on the team. I mean, Mims is on his way out. And then Brees Hall is – he was the starter last year, and now he's kind of falling down the depth chart quicker than he can, you know, catch his feet. So this year is a lot different, you know, but the team – Always and like always, it's going to ride on the back of the quarterback. And with Zach Wilson, his injury is become his injury history with his knee is kind of becoming a little bit concerning. And he's missing a lot of precious time that he's going to need to have. And it doesn't really help when you know you have like Joe Flacco, great quarterback. He's going to step in. He's going to do what Joe Flacco does, but he's not the future of the team. So if Zach Wilson isn't able to kind of get it together, take that next step forward. All of the things that are coming around are going to be for naught, and we might find the Jets having to find themselves another quarterback at this time next season, which I think would be unfortunate. Yeah, no, I d it would be unfortunate because I, I do think that, first of all, your quarterback has the potential to be a really good quarterback. I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it was a mistake, A, that he was drafted where he was. I, when you when you see him, you see things that make you say, man, if only we could, A, protect this guy, or A, if we could get, like, really good receivers for this guy. You know, you just, you just have a hope, and it just doesn't seem to translate. I felt really bad in the preseason, man, with that injury. I was happy it wasn't a foot, like, a long-term thing, you know, yeah. but 
but no, honestly, I, I felt really good for, for Jets fans. I have a lot of friends who are Jets fans and I felt good for you guys, like going into the season. Um, I, I, I feel bad. Cause I feel like Pat, myself and Kevin all still feel like you're not making a playoff. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's rough, but, yeah. but Hey man, I appreciate your participation here. <laughs> yeah, I might as well just get a participation trophy at this point. You know, I can have a little hang, hang little tiny one hang up somewhere. I'm sorry, I just got to take these shots, people. For those listening to podcast form, this is these are these guys are people who I admire and I, I follow their work. And these are, that's why I call Kevin a legend. I call Pat, like that's why you know. But but I got to throw these shots out there at times when I can get them. Um, hey, so so for for you as a Jets fan, Buffalo. How do you, how do you view? Because I know there's there's a ton of trash talk with everybody with the Jets fans, but but Buffalo, I feel like it's been picking up because for some reason the Jets, um, I don't know. Are you guys like proud now that like you're the the team with the longest playoff drought since the Bills? Like I, I don't know what's happening, but like they it seems like they're proud to not make the playoffs. That's just, what, what that's is just the, a mean question, man. Hey, I'm just being honest here. I'm just being honest here, man. They're yelling at us, and I I want to know like what's the outlook when it comes to Buffalo out there with the Jets fans. I, man, honestly, I'm shoot, man. I'm not too sure. They were getting on my neck when I said the Jets made a mistake drafting Sam Darnold. So, there, you know, there's some crazy stuff that's that's going down. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I think that a lot of fans kind of see themselves going towards the same trajectory as the Bills did with Josh Allen. I mean, fans are now using like Josh Allen's first two years as an excuse for Zach Wilson, which maybe they're kind of seeing that similarity and just want to be you know hey we're gonna be better than the bills because you know it might might be something with that but also you guys are the only i mean oh man this is gonna fans are gonna hate me for saying you guys are the only real new york team uh so (laughs) that's a fact you know that kind of plays a part in it as well and i feel like that bills jets rivalry is kind of just growing for whatever reason and i'm not i'm not too sure why but it's getting a lot stronger than it than it has been in the past few years I appreciate your honesty. I'll stop being mean here. I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing. But no, I, but honestly, like I said, I do. I, I, there's a lot of good about the team. You mentioned Sam Darnold, man. What is your take on this? Um, and and that, this is going outside the division and the conference for a moment. But what's your take on this situation down here in, in North Carolina now where they traded for, you know, first of all, it, isn't it hilarious that I know you're a Jets fan, but you weren't on the side of Sam Darnold. You didn't want Sam Darnold necessarily. You wanted someone else. Isn't it funny that the two guys that kind of were doubted the most that year are like the two most successful quarterbacks out that draft class. Now you have the number one overall pick. And then the guy that was in New York with you, now they're both in Carolina. What is your take on this? Not a quarterback battle, but this quarterback frenzy going down with the uh, Carolina Panthers. I don't think you could really write it up any better (laughs) than how it's kind of gone. Um, You know, I feel bad for, for Darnold for, you know, he got that injury, but he he wasn't going to, come out starting the season as the starting quarterback anyway. Um, I think it's kind of weird. The thing with Baker and Baker and Cleveland has been, you know, it's kind of hard to read that, how that has been, that that organization has a lot of dysfunction to it. So I'm interested to see because the Jets were also a candidate to have Matt Rule as their head coach. And he wanted Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, of course. And we saw how that went. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see how that situation plays out. I like Baker, but I think he's I think he's going to do a lot better than he did in Cleveland, just because of the weapons around him. You know, McCaffrey's really good, and they got DJ Moore, who I think is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But you can't really help but laugh to see those two guys there fighting for 
you know, <laughs> fighting for that starting job. And then Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are just stars. So once again, the Jets missed out. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. But I, you know what? I do. There's a light at the end of the, end of the tunnel. You got a good coach. I think. I think the direction is is honestly. I think it's going in the in the right direction. So, you know, let's let's keep it up. Let's let's head down to our friends in South Beach. Let's take our talents to South Beach. Uh, Kevin, listen. Everybody, everybody, their mother, their aunties, and their cousins are talking about the Miami Dolphins adding to Hill. And if Tua can really, since he's been seen in practice, slinging it 50 yards down the field, this is the year of Tua, and this is the year of the Dolphin. What has happened? I think it's kind of like what Thomas was talking about. It's that um, third-year growth of a quarterback that you're expecting, and obviously we all have the example of Josh Allen sitting right there in front of us. So you expect to see that growth. I think that Tua will grow. I think he will take that next step forward. He looks confident. He looks comfortable. I think there's a lot to say about the uh, Brian Flores situation where Flores seemed to always be trying to replace Tua. So I think that you now have a coach that seems to have confidence in him. Yeah, there's still the tampering with Tom Brady and there's still all that discussion, but it seems like the team is finally 100% behind Tua. Let's go. Um, you've added so much speed. I don't understand how there's this much speed on one offense. From yeah. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, uh, uh, Raheem Mostert, um, even Mike Kosicki's fast for a big old tight end slash. I think we're going to see him as much talk as there has been about how he can't block and how they're leaving him in these preseason games to get his blocking better. I think you're going to see him slide outside more, play more of a big slot wide receiver type of guy. So you you have a ton of speed. So I think that's, I mean, everybody loves the home run. Everybody loves the deep ball. I think it's still going to be a move people around, create mismatches, Debo Samuel doing things in uh, San Francisco, now down in Miami, whether it's Tyreek Hill, whether it's Jalen Waddell, whoever's playing that type of role, just get the ball in their hands and let them do their thing. And then the defense, all the coaches, except a couple, including Brian Flores, uh, are back on the defense. Almost all the starters are there. They've plugged in some uh, some veterans to try to create some more pass rush. The, the, the fear is the... Um, the, the fear is the um, depth at cornerback, especially um, Xavier Howard is Xavier Howard. He's going to be the you stay away from him unless you want to throw a pick type cornerback. Uh, Byron Jones is starting the year on the pup list, so he's out for at least the first four games. Uh, Nick Needham, an undrafted free agent a couple years ago, has developed really nicely into a really good slot cornerback. Uh, I don't know if they're going to slide him outside or if they're going to try to put somebody else out there and leave him in the slot, but he's, he's a very solid cornerback that after that though, Noah Igbenogany that he's a first round pick going into his third year. He has the bust label already. I think the benefit there is he's still only 22 years old. He's still a kid. There are rookies that are older than he is. So th there's options there, but yeah, that cornerback depth is, definitely something that worries me 
don't use the age argument against Bill's Mafia for any reason. Because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> everybody wants – they all want Tremaine Edmonds gone. And when I'm like, you don't get rid of a guy that made the Pro Bowl twice when he's only 23 and he's on his – I give them every reason saying, like, Tremaine Edmonds is on a trajectory of having a great career. But they're like, well, he's 23 and he still misses tackles. Okay, you know what? <laughs> That's fine, Bill's Mafia. But, no, I agree with you about your take on, on Miami, man. And one of the things that – um that you and I were were talking about prior to going live here. We were talking about how I actually think I, I know Bill's Mafia. Don't beat me up in the comments here, but we always talk about how Tua is like, oh, the guy can't throw. He yeah, okay, we saw it on practice. He threw fifty yards. Whoop de do, and everybody wants to talk about it. The thing is, realistically, game like actual game use. I don't think that we're going to see too many fifty yard throws really right. from many teams. Uh, we got Josh Allen, and Josh Allen can throw that thing probably to the moon if he if he really, really tried it. I don't think we see him throw it 50 yards at one time in a game, uh, maybe three, four times the, the whole year. I don't, you know, I don't I don't see Hail Marys from Josh from the 20. I just don't see it. So with that being said, what is your what is your realistic expectation for um the improvement that Tariq Hill and Waddle together will allow Tua to make even without having to necessarily have the deep ball be his main weapon. Sorry if that was a yeah. long winded answer yeah, or no. question, but that we, was the best way to ask. We've seen, I mean, last year we saw it. Tua is that get the ball out of your hand quick, make that accurate throw on the slant and let a guy start running. And when you have Tyreek Hill, who I swear the guy doesn't have acceleration, it's just go and he's at full speed. And I have no idea how he does it, but, um, get the ball in his hands, get the ball in uh, Waddle's hands. And then the guy that I think everybody forgets about is Cedric Wilson. I think that was a great addition for the Dolphins mm -hmm. because when Waddle and Hill are flying down the sidelines, Wilson's going to come through the middle and there's nobody there to guard him because the top's been taken off. So I think Cedric Wilson is going to have a really big year as that safety net, um, kind of what Mike Kosicki could also be, but I think Cedric Wilson becomes that safety net type guy that can, do some good things across the middle for the Dolphins. So, you know what, in Gasecki, there's been, and I know you kind of brought him up earlier, like with the blocking and stuff like that, there's been talk that, uh, or at least a concern by some, that he's not going to be as involved in the office because of his lack of block blocking or whatever. How do you see that playing out for all of our fantasy guys? I know this is, you know, hopefully you guys have all drafted your team by now, but if not, what can we look <laughs> forward to with uh, Mike Gasecki? I, I personally, I think that, Mike McDaniel is the type of coach that he's not somebody who's going to force a player into a bad position. He's the type of guy that this is my weaponry. This is how I can use them. So I think that a lot of the preseason talk of he doesn't fit the system. He doesn't fit the team. I think that kind of goes out the window now that we're getting the regular season and we'll actually start to see what the offense really is. Um, could they try to look and keep him inside, try to get him into that George Kittle type of mold they could, but that's not who he is. I think that he ends up being that extra wide receiver. And then you see someone like Durham Smythe or Hunter Long as they as uh, Long develops. I think those become your true tight ends. So I think Kasicki's going to have a fine year. Um, I don't know if it's enough that the Dolphins will make sure to re-sign him for next year since he's playing on the franchise tag this year. But I think it's enough that he's going he's gonna to put up decent numbers.
Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, I, I hope he's not as involved as a Bills fan. Like we always <laughs> seem to get beat up by him. Like you know, we could shut down. Like we've had a, since Josh has been drafted. Uh, obviously, we've had a good relationship with the Dolphins. You know, not Gasecki. He destroyed man every game. It's like he's getting two touchdowns, and I don't understand it. I do not understand and it. So I would like for him to not play. Charles Clay won games for us too, whether he was wearing Miami or Buffalo colors. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me man that, that's still such an embarrassment <laughs> like josh he literally could have been undefeated against the dolphins for his career had charles clay <laughs> caught this pass and i don't know I, i'm sure kevin remembers it but pat and thomas i don't know if you remember this game but we were in miami and josh was like he, he basically did aerobics around like the entire defensive line he, he ran around everybody was able to get the ball out charles clay was open in the end zone it was slightly underthrown but it was like you catch this ball. You know what I mean? Like it was your, yeah. your, you catch this damn ball. He drops the ball, man. And we lose this game. And it's just like, first of all, and everybody thought it was like the Charles clay, like revenge game. You know, every time he plays against the dolphins, he always tries to stick it to him. He had a really good game. And that last play, it, can you tell this bugs me still? Like can you tell, <laughs> <laughs> I should, I really should have worn my clay Jersey. That's what I should have oh. done today. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, like, so <laughs> honest to God. So, like, people older than me, Bills fans, like, they hate the Dolphins more than they hate the Patriots. I don't get it, but I, like, I wasn't around when it was like the Bills and the Dolphins for real going head to head. So, hopefully, that comes back. But, like, when I tell you my Miami moment is that, like, I hate that moment and I hate, because Dolphins fans don't let it go. And it's like, <laughs> you, yeah, you can we, be like, we, we, know, we bring it up. You. Listen, Dude, the Dolphins. The, ahead, the, like no no i'm sorry i'm sorry i spence i cut you off but but just to your point the dolphins like the the highlight that the dolphins have been using for years now is the the crazy uh the crazy like hail mary pe- play at the end of the game right against the patriots in 2018 the Gronk one the Patriots won the Super Bowl that year in 2018. <laughs> and the Dolphins are like, oh, we beat you down in Miami. And it's like, bro, nobody cares. We beat you with a lateral with all this weird stuff. It's like, come on, man. That was such a great play. I was in a hotel room and that play happened. And I'm watching it on my iPad, streaming it, legally streaming it, but streaming it. And uh, I, I'm... I am sure somebody in that hotel thought there was somebody being murdered. I was well, just screaming. I went to go. I went in. My daughter was at Girl Scouts, and I went in to pick up my daughter at Girl Scouts. My dad was in the car, and we're listening <laughs> to the game. And I went in to pick up my daughter. I go back out, and I'm like, "Oh, they won!" And he's like, "No." And I'm like, "What? What do you mean? <laughs> no? Like they just scored to win to win the game it was over? That's insane." J.C. Jackson, by the way, hundred percent. At fault responsibility for that. He got turned around like four times. All he had to do was stay on. Just don't let the guy outside. And then he he made the mistake to let the guy get the ball. And then instead of running back, he ran in. And then there was no one on the outside. It, it was just like, oh my god, dude. But you know what's so funny is that I listened to part of my take, and uh, Hank said it right after the game. He's like, that's gonna be. He's like, that's gonna be the opening of the Super Bowl uh, 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 highlight reel. And I was like, oh my god. And they won the Super Bowl. So uh, you know. It was uh, it's one of those. Not that you guys can relate, but it's one of those. It's one of those things. Maybe one day, one day you guys will have one of those. And at least Kevin, for you, like when you're alive, um, we'll have. Fifty we'll years have. ago was the undefeated season. That's we true. Can celebrate that. Oh, this that's year. right. This year, that's right. Forty nine years since they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> we made it four times in a row. That that's still true. doesn't happen. It's pretty we impressive. One one. Four we times in a row is impressive. Man, that yeah, first one. It. We should have won. Yeah, we should have won that first one. Yep. 
And Thomas, we'll give you something to brag. What do you want to brag about, man? Let's brag. Let's, let's let the Jets brag to you. <laughs> I mean, at least we have one, right? There <laughs> that's you as go. Far as I can go. Hey, listen, that just that Super Bowl arguably is the most important Super Bowl ever because that's yeah. when the AFL yeah. really showed that they could actually play against the NFL, and that that's what right. you know led to the merger. Yeah. Well, let's let's um let's switch the conversation. It's the same, but let's switch it a little bit now. Let's talk about each other's teams for a second here. Um, I want to take a moment now. Let's we just got done talking about Miami with, with Kevin, so let's kind of ask Pat and this Thomas from their perspective, from your team's perspective, um, the strengths and weaknesses when it comes to so when the Patriots get ready to play Miami, what are your go-to's? Well, how do you think the Patriots are going to win or lose that game? And same thing for you, Thomas. When we and then we'll do it for all the other three teams in the division. And uh, then we'll get some, some predictions for how this thing is going to turn out. I think the bills are going to win and win the Super Bowl, but we'll get there. And once we do, we can have that discussion, but let's, uh, yeah, let's start off. Pat, let's talk a little bit about Miami, man. How, how are Patriots um, going to prepare to beat the dolphins? They're going to put the fastest guys as humanly possible on the field uh, at all times, because they're just super fast. And so you saw like, at the end of at the end of training camp, Jonathan Jones, who is their fastest slot corner, has been playing a lot of outside corner. And I think I don't think that's a mistake. I think he's doing that because they have been using him against Tyreek Hill when he was in Kansas City. Now they're going to use him against Tyreek Hill here. They drafted Marcus Jones, who is outrageously fast from Houston at nine had nine return touchdowns in his career. He's got crazy athleticism. So I think they're going to put him kind of on Jalen Waddle with some help over the top. And then, you know, and then you have Jalen Mills as well, who I think is an underrated corner. But the biggest thing you have to worry about with the Dolphins is just how much speed they have offensively. And we saw it last year with the Patriots, with, with the Bills, right? I mean, you, you got two games, the, the two games that weren't played in a hurricane, the Bills didn't punt, right? So, like, the Patriots were slow defensively, right? So what did they do? Well, they lose J.C. Jackson, which sucks. But you, you just take all your linebackers and, like, get the hell out of here. They get rid of all their linebackers. They drafted two uh, fast, instinctive corners, and they brought in some safeties as well, which are Bro Peppers. Josh Bledsoe comes off IR. So they added a ton of speed to this defense, and I think that that's something that's going to be important because, honestly, you know, they'll just run you right off the field if, if you don't have speed out there. So the Patriots, I think that's their biggest game plan, I think. And then offensively, it's just, it's just going to be trying to, you know, trying to get something going, right? They did a pretty nice job running against them last year in both games. So – you kind of hope you can see some running running attack from them. I think the Patriots have arguably the best backfield in 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 football. Maybe you can argue Cleveland, but they have a pretty damn good backfield. So you're hoping for you know for some solid running there, and then you know we'll see what Mac looks like. So, but I think it's going to be tough. But it's again, any team that plays Miami, you just the number one thing is how much speed they have offensively. And like you said, okay, maybe Tua can't throw the ball super far down the field. It doesn't matter though doesn't make a difference if you throw a quick bubble screen to Tyreek Hill you better be out there you better have four guys out there to try to get him because if you don't he's just going to run right by you and so you know and because he has that and Kevin I love what you said it he doesn't have acceleration he just is he just goes super fast right so he's like zero to 60 in in zero seconds right so that's one of those things where you have to have guys that can at least come close to running with them um and so I hope at least that's what the Patriots have done but we'll see well, to your point about Tariq Hill, I agree um, because, like, yeah, everybody is saying Tua can't throw it 50 yards. He can't throw it 80 yards. Guess what? Tariq Hill scored a touchdown on the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs that the Bills lost to to take them to, super, to, 
to take the Chiefs to overtime. Tariq Hill turned like a 10-yard slant into like a 65-yard touchdown. Right. You don't need to throw a bomb when you have Tariq Hill. And guess what? Waddle is just as fast as Tariq. Maybe not just as fast, but he's like, I would love to see those guys in a race. I would absolutely love to see those guys in a race. So, yeah. no, I, I agree. Um, I'm not nervous, but I'm like, it's one of those things where when we're talking about speed, I recognize that that is how the Chiefs beat us. And I recognize that for two years in a row, that's how the Chiefs have beat us. So last year, prior to getting to rekill, yeah, they had Waddle down there, but it was like, yeah, but Miami, you know, they got Waddle. But if we kind of can shut him down, it's like, OK, now they've added. And and now the running game that they're going to bring, yeah. you, you add to rekill to go with Waddle and then the coaching staff there if they can resemble at all the coaching staff that they, you know, are part of the tree that they're a part of, if they can resemble Shanahan's offense at all, the Miami Dolphins are going to be a scary ass team this season. Like, and, and that Bills fans don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't get on here and just lie just because I'm a Bills guy. It's going to be tough if, if at all, if that offense can resemble anything like a Shanahan offense, it's going to be tough for anybody playing them. Anybody. What do you think Thomas about the Dolphins? I think they're one of the most improved teams uh, coming into this season by far. That speed factor is going to be huge. And quite frankly, I'm not really sure how the Jets stop it. I mean, yeah, they got Sauce Gardner, and he's going to be hopefully as good as he's you know projected to be. And DJ Reed, he, he could you know help Sauce out a little bit. But defensively, I'm just not quite sure what the team can do to kind of stop them other than trying to force them to be one-dimensional by stopping the run which the Jets have been terrible at for the past past year or so. So um, we just don't have the speed to catch them. And it really depends on Robert Sala and getting his scheme to fit what the team has. Uh, last year, he was really vanilla in his defensive coverage schemes, and that's going to be a problem if he tries to stick with that same vanilla coverage going forward. He was also He's also the only coach outside of Jim Schwartz to – have that, you know, as his background, defense of his background, and have a team play so horribly ranking-wise. So mm-hmm. if he wants to succeed, he has to find a way to stop teams, you know, like the Dolphins and getting that speed done. And I think it's going to have to do a lot with disguising his coverage and getting the right blitz packages in. Otherwise, I mean, the Dolphins are just going to run all over the Jets, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and I, actually, I was very shocked that his that the team's defense wasn't good because you're right. He having that defensive background as a head coach, man, you you don't want to be in the same category as a Rex Ryan. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't want to be a guy that's considered a, a defensive mind or a defensive genius. Then you go somewhere and ruin a defense that has all the pieces. You know, yep. uh, Rex. Doggone Rex. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rex. Rex I, 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 love, I love watching Rex, and I loved him in New York. I didn't love him when he came to Buffalo because he absolutely hey, ruined the top four defense. Like, we, we had Mario Williams, Marcel De- – you know what? No, forget it. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't. Let's let's talk about the Jets. Kevin, let's swing it your way. Um, so, my, you, know, you know what? Let's start with the Patriots because uh, why not? We're, we're there already. So let, let's talk a little bit about it. How do you anticipate the Miami Dolphins um, game planning to come out and, and beat the New England Patriots? I think I think it's kind of what Pat said. It's the, it, the, we have to be able to stop the run. The Dolphins have to be able to stop the run. That is the part of their defense that has struggled – Kind of like Thomas said, it struggled for years in the Jets. It struggled for years in Miami. Um, obviously, when it comes to the Bills, 
we add in Josh Allen there, Mac to some degree, but not necessarily Josh Allen style. But the Dolphins have, against all three of your guys' teams, against everybody in the league, always struggled to stop the run. So that's where I think that a Belichick team is going to come in and want to establish that run and take the ball out of Mac's hands. Don't make him go be that guy. I mean, we had, what, the three-pass game last year with against the Bills? So you will see the the Patriots will run the ball and love to run the ball. So I think that's where the Dolphins have to step up. They have to be able to prove that. Then after that, I think you're going to see Jalen Phillips take a step forward this year. He's going to be a guy that is going to create pressures. Uh, Emmanuel Agba led the team the last two years with nine sacks each time. So there's lots of ways. Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, they just added Trey Flowers. You have Melvin Ingram. So they have lots of ways to create pressure so i think you'll see that but i think it's going to be stuff the middle make it hard for the patriots to run the ball and then let's see are all these reports in the preseason of the offense is the worst anybody's ever seen apparently from every single tweet that's ever been made about the patriots this summer and let's see what that actually looks like now that the games count yeah i'm i'm a little i guess in my mind just just regular knowledge about who the team is and what they the players they have I just I I still don't know like I know Pat says that you know and I agree with you Pat that you guys do have a good running back room but it's one of those things where it's like you know so they went and they they made the move for Devontae Parker they um they tried to help him out with some receiver you know but I still I don't know if I believe that Parker can be a guy I don't I don't know if I believe that they're tight end are you know are they going to show up they paid two of them a lot of money last year and one kind of showed up. So it's like, you know, I just, I don't know what the offense you mean is going to be. 10 touchdowns wasn't good enough for you? To me, you know what? I look at touchdowns, um, and this is, the, this is the honest answer when you ask that. Dawson Knox, a couple years ago, led the league in touchdowns for the season from a tight end. And I wanted more from him. Yeah. <laughs> because it, so tight end, t- touchdowns, especially if they're like red zone opportunities. It's right. like, okay, yeah, you know, you, you could give that to your fullback and it's still a touchdown. You don't care. You're winning a game. What I want to see from my tight ends, I want to see those guys, um, those third and fourths, you know, the, those third down plays where your quarterback needs them. I want to see those guys make those plays. Now, last year, Knox did it. I want to see your tight ends really show up for Mac. Well, I don't want to see him show up, but <laughs> if I'm a Patriots fan, I want to see your tight ends really show up for Mac because honestly, I feel like um, really the bad talk that Bills fans and other fans want to give them in reality, we should really say, no, Mac is really all you guys had, you know, like you had a good running back room, but I'm saying like on offense, if Mac Jones wasn't there, Oh my God. Like, what do you think that offense would have looked like? You know, like, yeah, no, as a rookie, so I, no, I, I I'm um, I'm actually a fan of Mac Jones. Don't tell anybody, but I'm actually a fan of Mac Jones. I think he's pretty good, you know. But I'm just concerned. I want to see what their receivers do. Uh, Thomas, where we at, man? Yeah, I'm kind of going to piggyback on his point there. The Jets need to stop the run in order to be able to make the Patriots one dimensional. I think that's a little bit easier to do than trying to stop the Dolphins, uh, which kind of seems weird to say after the past couple of years. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, Carl Lawson's going to be back. People kind of forget that he's on the team and he looks healthy as he's ever been. And John Franklin Myers is another guy to kind of keep your, you know, keep your eyes out for. He's going to kind of move between the edge and the inside with Quinn and Williams. He's been having, you know, great numbers statistically getting past his offensive lineman where he needs to be. And he's he's been a good, you know, one-two punch with Quinn and Williams. And on top of that, the Jets got what I believe might be the steal of the draft in Jermaine Johnson. If he can develop into the player that he's supposed to be, then I think that front, the front four is going to be really, really good and could kind of alleviate the pressure off of the, the linebackers who, you know, we got Quan Alexander and we got Quincy Williams now, but they're, you know, they're, they, they were terrible last year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And maybe they can alleviate the pressure off of them, which allows them to be better, you know, in their position group. Uh, I think we have the personnel to kind of stop the Patriots on the offensive side of the ball. It all depends on if Mac Jones is willing to take that step too and be better than he was last year. And I, I think uh, Mac Jones is a little bit underrated, uh, you know, from that draft class as a whole. I really like Mac Jones. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets can do to try to stop it. As I said uh, previously, a lot of it depends on Salah's ability to disguise his coverage and blitz packages. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's going to be, I think you and Kevin um, actually put that together pretty well. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. that that's that's shocking. I'm norm, I normally got too much to say. <laughs> Listen, guys, if y'all don't follow these gentlemen and y'all don't follow their work, you need to do it. That's how good these guys are, honestly. Uh, Pat is second to none. Thomas is second to none. Kevin is second to none. And I'm going to tell you, SB Nation, we got the team, man. We got the team. So let's um let's move on. Let's see. We, t- we, we talked about the Patriots. We talked about uh, we talked about the Dolphins. I'm sorry, Thomas. It's time. It's time, man. Let's get to those. Let's get to those Jets. Let's uh, start with Kevin here, man. What do you think the Dolphins will have to do when it's time to to line up against those New Jersey Jets? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's I, I think it's kind of what Thomas already said. It's figure out what that defense is because if it is the same vanilla defense, I think that speed ends up crushing them. If Sala comes out there with some schemes that throw some wrenches into it. I think you could see some struggles there, especially as Tua tries to figure it out. Because, again, he's going into his third year, but Tua's still a young kid trying to figure it out. He has not played Mm. both of his two first seasons. He didn't play the whole season. So he's still trying to figure some things out. So I think it's figure out what the defense is doing, and then I think it is throw the speed at him. Just keep going. And when Waddle's tired, go to Hill. And when Hill's tired, go to Waddle. And when both of them are tired, tired, go to Chase Edmonds and go to Raheem Mostert and keep throwing speed and see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think um, I think when it comes to the Jets, for me, from the Bills' perspective, I just think that the Bills, um, we don't overlook them. I think when it comes to defensively, I think you always kind of know, like, okay, A, um, and I don't mean this in a way like I think the Jets are dirty. I just, but I think we all know that the Jets are coming physical. So, like, your your first idea when you're going into to face the Jets is like, okay, we want to come out this game healthy. And like I said, I really mean that in a sense of, like, no, these guys are physical. I don't think it's dirty. I just think that it's like, look, if you are if you think you're going to come in here and be cute against us, you know, you're going to be sore tomorrow. Let's figure this out. So, I'm, you know, when it comes to that, I think the Bills have shown um, a weakness against teams that, tend to be physical and can punch you in the mouth last season we saw Tennessee run all over us we saw the Dolphins um 
when they tried to be physical for moments. Now we we didn't allow them to, but like, you know, when that happened, they had their moments. When when um the Jets, it, it, you think going into the games, man, we supposed to blow the Jets out, just beat them by the dude. They're physical and they can slow the game down. When that happens, the Patriots run over us, and that's that win game that that Pat was talking about. So yeah, no, any team that we play against like that, my goal is like, hey. Can we a be physical too, and b get out of there healthy? So, no, I'm with you, man. I, I think the team is physical. We got to see what the defense is like. I'm always scared to see how those guys come after my guy Josh. Uh, Pat, how are you looking at at the uh, at the Jets? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is that you know what's Zach Wilson going to look like? Is he going to be healthy? Right? Is it going to be Joe Flacco in their quarterback for the Jets? Because that's not great, yeah. right? And I think the other question too is that. They drafted a young running back last year, Michael Carter. Then they draft another young running back in Brees Hall. So, like, how are they going to use those guys? And what is the offense going to look like? Of course, you got Garrett Wilson out there. You got Elijah Moore out there. You got, you know, uh, um, who the hell is the kid from uh, Tennessee? Um, uh, Jiminy Corey Davis. Thank you, Corey Davis. Uh, you know, you get Corey Davis out there. So, you have good, you know, they have good receivers. So, it's just a matter of what can that offense do? Um, and again, you know, you would think the offense should be better with with Wilson than it is with Joe Flacco. So it's really kind of a question of how long does it take him to come back and what does he look like when he comes back? That's going to be a big part of it for me. And then, you know, I, I mean, I just think the Patriots should be able to do what they want against the Jets offensively against that Jets defense. But Sala now in his second year and again, defensive minded coach. And sometimes it takes a, t- a little bit of time to get that turnover, to get the guys that you want in there. And if he ha- he's in that position now where he's like, hey, I'm comfortable with these guys and they've been in the system for another year. It, it certainly could be a situation where, you know, their defense looks a lot better than people expect because because of the Sala effect. Right. Because, yeah, OK, it took a year for us to get up and going. But now that we have those guys now we'll be able to play better defense. And so um, I don't know if they're quite there yet, but you never know. You know, sometimes that defensive coach can take them to that next level, even without necessarily the personnel that may that maybe looks like an elite defense, but the coaching can make that, you know, make that unit better. Sounds good, man. This is all good stuff. Like, like, honestly, I love when I do these shows. Honest to God, I love when I do these shows because you guys are always so in-depth. You have good knowledge and good information, and it just makes me really proud to be a part of SB Nation. Like, I mean that. Like, so Same. impressed. I yep. am just real quick. I am also really interested in seeing Sauce and seeing yeah. what yeah. he brings and what he's going to look like because he, he's going to have the ability to shut somebody down if he plays up to his potential. I wanted Sauce in Buffalo. Obviously, I knew you know we wouldn't be able to move up and grab him that high, but he's that good of a player. And with us yep. having Trey White out um, for probably I want to say the first four to six weeks of the year, um, it was concerning to me. Now I love the fact that we drafted Kyrie Elam. I think he's going to be you know just as good for what we need him for. I think he's going to be a great player. But but no, Sauce Gardner, man, I, I, it, that that guy. I don't even want to call him a kid because he's he doesn't play like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that man is a you know he's he's something different. So no, you guys have the you know you have the pieces slowly being put in place. Uh, you know the coach maybe he just needs some years to develop. You know you got to develop there too. It's not just the quarterback that needs to develop over some time. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. So uh, let's shift pivot to the Bills and then we'll get our predictions out of here and then we'll we'll uh, we'll head out. And again, thank you guys for doing this, man. This this has been a blast. So um, Pat, let's start with with our favorite rivalry of the division for me. <laughs> Um, how do you how do you anticipate when when we I think the first game we come to New England right I, yeah for I gotta, uh, Monday night on a mon- no Thursday night on a Thursday night yeah I believe so, so a week after so, Thanksgiving 
So when that happens, how do you anticipate the game plan being for the Pats to try and um, take just, the Bills down? Just hold on, man. Hold on for dear life, man. It's just, you know, and honestly, to me, it's it, it's going to be a question of how well can they play, right? Like, they played so poorly against them last year in those two games that you just kind of look at it and say, well, any sort of improvement by them would be something good, right? And that's kind of like something you can look at and draw a positive to. The hard part with Josh Allen is that when he scrambles to his right, he's unstoppable. He's unstoppable when he scrambles to his right because he can run, and he's unbelievable throwing it when he runs to his right. But you also can't leave him in the pocket because when you leave him in the pocket, he's unbelievable. And so then it's like, well, now you got to kind of flush him to the left. But then when you flush him to the left, he does something stupid and turns around and flicks it across. <laughs> so it's like there's really there's really nothing you can do other than try to keep them one-dimensional. And the biggest thing last year, you know, Isaiah McKenzie killed us last year, just absolutely murdered us last year. And, you know, Miles Bryant, who loved Miles Bryant to death, he doesn't have the speed to cover Isaiah McKenzie. He doesn't have it. He just doesn't have it. And so you draft a guy like Marcus Jones because you can put him in the slot and he can stick with a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. Now, maybe not every single time across the field, but you can stick with him from time to time across the field. You got to worry about digs, of course, but if you can work, if you can cover those guys, then okay, Josh Allen's going to make his plays because he's Josh Allen. But like, if you can, if you can shut down their receivers, you know, now you look at it and say like, okay, we at least have a chance. Right. And so that's all you want. If you're a Patriots fan, like you're just looking at it saying, look, the Bills are better than us, but we got to give them, you know, come out physical and, you know, come out hitting, but then try to try to match their speed if you can and try to cover them. And, uh, you know, and from an offensive perspective, look, you did it last year in, in the hurricane. You ran all over them in the hurricane and then you couldn't do it in the other two games. And so, of course, you know, running the ball, of course, is good because you want to try to keep the ball away from Josh Allen. But at the same time, you got to score points. Right. So you got to be able to score. And so. You know, I'm not a fan of handing it off 40 times a game because you you're not going to beat the Bills 14 to 10. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't matter how long they have the ball for, right? So, like, so to me, yeah, of course you want to establish the run, but you have to be able to throw it as well. And so, it's a tough matchup. It's a tough, tough matchup. It's not going to be easy. Um, but I do think the Patriots are better prepared for the Bills this year with their roster than they were last year. And so, you know. We'll see. I'm hoping we can at least clip them on that Thursday night, but because at least That's the Patriots now the Patriots will have a, will have a long week because they play on Thanksgiving night, so they'll have a full week, whereas the Bills will have a short week. So no, um, the Bills play Thanksgiving as well. We play Thanksgiving morning. We play against well, the, that, uh, the Lions. Well, then that doesn't help us at all. So, <laughs> uh, but nevertheless. <laughs> so. Well, let me ask you this real quick um, before we we ask Thomas and, and Kevin, um, J.C. Jackson. Yep. How how did you feel with um just the way that whole thing? The, I hated the, it. I hated it. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, we hated him Buffalo. We want him in New England because he's Stefan Diggs' son. Like so, yeah. That that that's not. It doesn't work for us that he's no longer there, man. Like I need I need something happening. Yeah. The, well, here's the thing for me that that really pissed me off the most last year. You know, you, you have Gilmore. You have. J.C. Jackson, of course, Gilmore was a defensive player of the year in 2019. I don't know if he's ever been kind of back to that level. But the the issue that I have with it is that, okay, that's fine. I got no problem with that. Then choose. All right, you trade Gilmore for nothing. Fine. Okay, you're choosing J.C. Jackson. That's fine. And then you let J.C. Jackson walk. So it's like, well, what what are we doing here? Like, So you didn't choose. You just you chose neither of them, right? You got nothing back for um, – for like literally nothing back for Stefan Gilmore. 
And then you're going to get a third round comp back for JC Jackson because they didn't really sign anyone. They didn't sign anyone that would be, that would offset that. So they'll get a third round comp back for JC Jackson, but it, it was just, it was incredibly frustrating. And I do think that their corners are more talented this season from top to bottom. But JC Jackson was a lockdown corner. I know he had trouble with Diggs from time to time. And Diggs is that guy that like, if you go one-on-one with Diggs, he, he will, he'll sun you up sometimes because yeah. he, that's who he is. Right. But I think, you know, he was the only guy that the Patriots would ever dream of putting one-on-one against Stephon Diggs. They're not putting Jalen Mills one-on-one against Stephon Diggs. Right. So, um, but I do think that from top to bottom, their cornerbacks are better than they were last year. They just don't have that top end elite talent. Now the question is, will JC Jackson be worth that contract? I guess we'll find out, right? We'll find out whether he will be or not. Um, I just think I wish they had chosen between Gilmore, you know, and Jackson, and they just yeah. let them both go. And that was that was frustrating for me. Well, we'll see though, because I'm actually um, that that take. I'm not I'm not being funny this time when I say it. I'm curious because everybody that I know who's connected to the Patriots feel discouraged about the moves over the summer. So, and you seem to think that cornerback wise that there has been an improvement overall for the room. So, you know, I, yeah. I, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that plays out. Thomas, what's your take on on the Jets and the Bills, man? How do you how do you think that looks for you guys? It's going to be interesting. That's one of the teams that I've been kind of looking at. I'm not I'm really interested to see how you guys use James Cook, um, considering, you know, Emmanuel Sanders left that slot role. You guys brought in Jameson Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie's. He, you know, he's still back. He's, you know shown himself more this year than he has throughout the rest of his career, I suppose, as a route runner. So that's going to be interesting. I want to see how those guys kind of mesh if you guys choose to put James Cook there in the slot more because I don't think he's really your prototypical running back. And if you guys – I think Cook could be like that problem for the Jets um, in terms of stopping your guys' offense. Obviously, you know, Diggs is Diggs. So we're going to see how that plays out. But I think that Cook could be kind of be the – person to you know give the jets fits a little bit depending on their usage i don't think you guys are going to use him as you know your prototypical running back so if he goes out you know and plays in the slot or does anything like that if you guys run 21 personnel that could be a little bit interesting um in terms of offense i think we could match up a little bit better than we have in years past um that offense is the one thing on the jets that i'm actually really excited to see i want to see elijah moore's growth growth going forward and you know paired up with Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis and the you know Conklin everybody that's kind of gotten a little bit better it's going to be interesting to see how we stack up against your guys defense um, because we haven't been the greatest in the division so it's it's curious the bills are kind of like where my question mark is I mean I've you're not you, you probably you know you, you don't have to worry about much as you guys are the you know reigning uh division champs there here but I'm, I'm I was kind of surprised you guys didn't do more to set your to set Josh Allen up offensively um, other than bring in and cook as a, as a weapon for you guys. I think you guys could have probably brought in another receiver to take that slot role. I'm not too sold on Crowder and or McKenzie kind of getting it done. So that's, that kind of piques my interest on cook for you guys. I think he could be good. Oh, that's fair. I think I think a lot of things when it comes to that is just um, from outside of Buffalo. If you're not like. You know, for instance, like there are guys I'm sure on the Jets roster that you're like, no, this guy can be special and you know him and I just have no clue who he is. That's Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie, um, he he for sure should have been a bigger part of the offense every week, for sure. What ended up happening was, um, you know, when you have Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Gabriel Davis, you're just the, the 
you're just so stacked that it's tough to crack that. It's just tough to crack the lineup. And and we saw once there was an injury or a couple injuries, actually, the week that we played the Patriots, we had to start him. Like we couldn't do anything else. And he came out and he showed exactly who he was. Um, seasons prior to that, we used to use him as like a gadget player. Same thing. When he got on, he always like he led the team in like yards after the catch. He led the league in big plays. He led the um, not the league, the team. Um, and he just he's that type of player. So um, I agree that. A, he's, I think he's going to be in that role over um, Crowder. I think the Bills are going to try to force Crowder in there because we picked him up and spent some money on him. But I think if if you're asking me, I think Isaiah McKenzie belongs as that starting slot player. Ab- absolutely. Like uh, Cook, I could see him being used in that because obviously he's a receiving running back. I, I personally think by week six, though, he's going to be our, our starting running back. And I know it didn't look like that in college that he didn't have that type of role. Uh, everything in camp. He looks like a running back. He doesn't look like a receiving back. He looks he he he's playing the part. I don't know if Dalvin taught him some stuff over the summer. I don't know what's happening, but I think by week six we'll have a new starting running back in Buffalo. Kev, let's get your uh your take on this, and then we'll like I said we'll finish up with like real quick with our predictions for the the division, and then we'll get on out of here. Well, first, given that I just drafted Cook in my fantasy league, I want him to start earlier than week six. I but. Do it. But he could win your league for you. He could the second I'm, half of the I'm year. Okay with got that. You. <laughs> um, no, I think that the trick for Miami is stop EJ Manuel, Thad, stop Tyrod Taylor, stop every quarterback that ever, ever faces Miami from Buffalo seems to be an MVP candidate. And now you actually do have an MVP candidate. It it's it's stop him. And I don't mean shut him down, don't let him throw the ball. I mean literally stop the guy because Every quarterback seems to run like mad against Miami. And it may not always be statistically when you go back and look at it, you're like, oh, he had 15 yards of rushing. But it's 15 yards that were key in that moment. And somehow there goes whichever quarterback it is. And now it's Josh Allen. And it's got to be stop Josh Allen. Just stop him from running. Make him throw the ball. Yes, I know that sounds stupid because the guy can obviously throw the ball. But for Miami, it's stop the quarterback from running. Let Xavier Howard and whoever else is playing cornerback, let them do their jobs. Javon Holland is a beast at safety that people are going to very quickly learn about. He's going to have a play in there somewhere that's going to make a difference. But if the Dolphins let Josh Allen run all over the field, it's it's never going to go well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Funny thing is last season that week, what was it? Week two, we came to Miami, I believe. Um, you guys shut him down that game. Like Josh yeah. Allen himself, like his stats. If you go back and look at, at the way Josh performed, it wasn't a good game for Josh. Um, for some reason, it's just like right now, and I feel good about it. This is not me being like this time I'm not joking and bragging, but like for some reason, we just have the Dolphins number at the moment. Like when Josh plays horribly, the team still figures it out and, and it's a blowout for the Dolphins. And I don't understand it. Um, the Patriots had the bills like that for like, 15 years like it didn't matter what happened like we could have had the biggest game from our quarterback and running back and then Tom Brady still just threw for like 800 yards and 17 touchdowns and it just didn't matter so yeah no it felt like for a long time there and and Thomas this isn't to forget about you but it felt like the Dolphins were built to beat the Patriots and Mm -hmm. every year at least one of those games was going to go Miami's way or they were at least going to be a slugfest to the very end Patriots were built 
to beat the Bills and just crush them, the Bills were able to always crush the Dolphins. It was like this weird, the mm-hmm. three didn't, never could sweep each other. And it just, yeah, I don't know why. But so yes, it, yeah. it's, and, and it is, it's exactly that. Like you said, you could slow down Josh Allen and for some reason the Dolphins still find a way to not be able to make it happen. Yep, and, and and with that, I feel your pain because, like I said, the, the the Patriots used to do it to the Bills like so much. You had something there, Pat? Looks like oh, I was going to say Kevin mentioned about uh, MVP, you know, MVP candidate, and I'm rooting for Josh Allen to win MVP. Um, no, no, hundred percent. Absolutely, get it. I do. And the reason why, of course, is because the last MVP to win the Super, you know, the last MVP to win the Super Bowl. I feel like it hasn't happened. If it Quick has, it's just been one. It was probably Anyone Tom know? Brady, if you're saying that. It was not Tom Brady. No, it was not. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> it was Kurt Warner in 1999 uh, for the St. Louis Rams. That was the last MVP. I think they're like 0 and I want to say 11, I think, or 0 and 9 or something like that in the Super Bowl since you know what? Uh, the MVP. So. You know what? So I'm rooting for Josh Allen to win MVP so that they don't win the Super Bowl this year. You know what? Screw that. I'm going I'm to do it. I, he's going to be the guy. He's going he's gonna to be the one. He's going to get the MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, and he's going to lift the Lombardi. He's going to do all, right. all of it. So, there you go. So you know what? I'm not going to go in this scared. I ain't no chump. Yeah. I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. So, gentlemen, thank you so much, man. This was a blast. This was a, a, like just an amazing episode. I think this is going to be one of my favorite for the year. Last year, it was one of my favorites. Um, real quick, let's just uh, go around, find out who you all think is going to win a division, then uh, tell us where your content is and where we can find you, and then we'll get on out of here. So start with Pat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, the Patriots come in second. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So, uh, but I am over at Pat's pulpit. Uh, we have shows every week, uh, multiple times a week. Um, we are live on Pat's pulpit YouTube and Twitch as well. Um, and so we'd love to have you subscribe over there. Obviously, podcast form uh, also. And and on on uh, Twitter, I am at P Lane underscore Pats. I'm always talking Patriots, of course, but other NFL and fantasy football and Marvel and Game of Thrones, which is on tonight, and you know the, the Rings of Power on Amazon. And I'm all over the place. So uh, so you know, shoot me a shoot me a follow or or tweet along and or just give me give me some crap if you're a Bills fan. That's fine too. I don't mind. Give him crap. Give him crap. But follow him. Follow him for sure. <laughs> Thomas, what's up, man? Where are you from? And, and Well, first, who, who's the division? And then let everybody know where they can find your content and, and what you got coming up. Yeah, I'm going to follow suit with Pat. Um, I just hope the Jets don't hit the basement this year, but eh, I don't think we'll be as lucky. Uh, you can find me at Gangrene Nation, Jets X Factor, on Twitter at ThomasCP underscore NFL. You have some pretty good articles. Um, do you have anything that you're working on that's coming out this week or next week or anything? Or um, I'm I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm going to be busting up. I, the last piece I did uh, was on Sauce Gardner and how he reminds me a lot of Antonio Cromartie. Cromartie did not like that, so I've been kind of laying low a little bit. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, yeah, real quick, I, I mean, do you mind? Can you can you kind of share kind of how that what you know how that went across? Like, uh, that's weird to me. I, yeah, I would think it would be a compliment. Yeah, that's what I that's what I would have thought as well. Um, he kind of commented on the the post on Twitter and uh, wasn't wasn't really happy with the comparison being made. I couldn't really figure out why he didn't really give it no no rhyme or reason to it. Um, kind of said it was his own man. I thought it would have been a compliment to you know have a career the way Cromartie had a career, and you know that's that's nothing that's nothing to laugh at. But uh, ever since then, I've been just laying low a little bit, kind of kind of building up my buzz for the season. 
Yeah, no, makes sense. Makes sense for sure. Go follow my guy and the team over at Gang Green Nation. My man Thomas, thank you so much for kicking it with me tonight. And Kevin, man, let's let's go ahead and get on out of here. Let everybody know first who's going to take the division. We know what it is. And then let everybody know where we can find your work. <laughs> I just want to point out that we still have the Colts having more AFC East championships than the Jets. Um... Oh, you just had, you just had to do that. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite stats. It's just ridiculous. that's a good stat. That's a great stat. Uh, no, so I, I do. I think it's the Bills. I think the Dolphins can probably <laughs> compete for at least part of the year, but I think it's the Bills winning the AFC East again. Um, and I think that even if the Bills sweep the Dolphins, the Dolphins have enough power to at least stay close for a while, and then probably fade into that like i said three three afc east teams making the playoffs but the bills winning it on the way out or pulling away at the end um and then obviously it's at the finsider uh ph on finsider um and uh finsider.com uh we have our podcast right now um we have two shows on the podcast network uh finsider radio which is jake and josh show and then uh we have the blowhole on there and then uh at some point i (laughs) i swear i i say it every year but i'm going to get back into podcasting and just do my own show so uh hopefully that'll come back up this year and i'll be able to do that and then uh we're also looking to add in doing uh twitter spaces soon so that way we can start getting some of that interaction with the fans there so watch for those hopefully those will come up soon Nice, nice. nice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, follow all three of these gentlemen and the, the teams that they represent. Pat's Pulpit, Gang Green Nation, and the Finsider are all great teams with great content. And uh, you already know Buffalo Rumblers. We do it. We do what we do over here. Did you have something, Pat? Look like yeah, you wanted to throw one, something in? One more thing, if I could plug myself one more time. Any any teachers out there or any uh, any students out there, perhaps, even. Uh, I, I started a, a, a educational TikTok uh mr lane math on uh on tiktok i don't know what the hell i'm doing on there but i'm trying so uh so you know if you're if you're a fellow teacher or if you got a you know kid in middle school or whatever or high school that's learning math uh it's gonna be some gonna be some math stuff over there and some teaching stuff so uh if that if that tickles your fancy give me give me a follow over there on tiktok Shout out to all the teachers in the world i think they should be paid more and i'm not just saying it because you're on here pat i really do (laughs) appreciate that Teachers touch the lives of our future, whatever, politicians, police officers, uh, whatever. Like you touch all those lives, you deserve to be paid more. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Jay Spencer King representing that Buffalo Rumless podcast, Vidcast Network. Y'all know how we do it. Y'all take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills. Code of conduct.